What's going on, Rare Fam? This is Bison. Just jumping in before we get into the episode to let you know that none of this should be construed as financial advice. We are not financial advisors. In fact, we are just bozos trading JPEGs on the internet. Our risk is not your risk, so please make sure you do your own research before jumping into any of these projects and consult with your financial advisor. You know, the licensed one, not us. We are just people who love JPEGs and we're going to keep trading them. Now, let's get into the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, wherever you're at in the world. Welcome to episode 64 of Rare Fur Radio. It's your boy, Dorian, and every day is a holiday. Happy to be here. Unfortunately, our boy B, uh, Bison, is out for the day, but don't worry. Myself and Joe will be holding it down. We got a ton to talk about today. Man, the market's moving on the one-of-one side. We got John Lay making some massive sales over on Exchange Art. We got uh, Catalina Wells just recently knock, uh, released Nakamoto Wells. That's cooking over there. We had some huge sales on that auction. And finally, we got Toonies. Pretty slow mint, but hey, that that the floor price of that is moving now. But before we get into any more market updates, I want to bring on our boy Joe. Joe, how you doing today, man? Hey, Dor, we're doing good, brother. Doing very well, man. Excited to be here, holding it down without our, you know, our man, our, I know, man. our, our leader here. Let the kids, let the teenagers out to play today. So yeah, I'm excited. Excited to talk oh, some market play. <laughs> Same here, dog. Same, man. It, not gonna lie. It's a bit nervous without our fearless leader here, man. But uh, you know what? We're holding down. But before we go, in, uh, let's uh, jump into uh, market updates and check out how the market's doing. Uh, Bison probably already would have had this pulled up by now, so I'm like stumbling through it. Ah, here we are. Yeah, Magic Eaton has, uh, is at 67% uh, of market uh, volume, man. It's uh, over 105K market volume. Tensor's pulling in around 18.95, 19%, and hate swaps around 7.7%. Uh, right now, uh, and lastly, Exchange Art, it's doing about less than a percent, so 1.23K sold volume. So right now, the market seems kind of a bit slow. I mean, we're not breaking all-time highs on volume. Uh, what, what's your take on the market, Joe? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, so the market in general, you know, Bitcoin dominance is securing here. You're going to see people going into BTC. I think ETH, obviously, at this point, has kind of made itself above an altcoin. It's kind of just the second in charge now, especially with deflationary burning um, mechanics it has for everything. Um, so macro-wise, man, you know, dollar's looking iffy. And um, I'm hoping we can get a nice rally on Seoul just for it being, you know, a top market cap altcoin here if if BTC dominance takes a roll down to like 40% with the resistance at like upwards 50%-ish where we're pushing. So um, other than that, you know, our echo chamber is looking pretty strong for Seoul, right? It's We have the same liquidity as always, but you're seeing which projects are getting sought after for the macro play, you know, either real utility play or real IP or real community. You're kind of seeing the sand being sifted. In a, in, in a good sense. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for where we are. We've, I think we've seen the worst of it. If, if we see anything else, it won't be what anything that we haven't seen before. Oh yeah, dude. I, I appreciate that. Your analysis on uh, the macro market update. And I definitely agree with you on what's going on in the NFT space, but before we go any further and because vice is not here, I want to bring up our special guest for today, our boy shake. What's going on, Shake? Thanks for coming on the show today, man, to fill in for Bison. What up, guys? Thanks for having me. Sorry I'm a little bit late. Holy moly. This is the biggest, nicest, sweetest surprise in the world. I had no idea this was happening. 
Shay just came in like the Kool-Aid man. I'm stoked, bro. What's up, dude? <laughs> Good. Glad to be here, bro. Um, glad, glad to have you here, man. Um, I, I appreciate you coming in last minute. It's all it's great. Me and Joe could hold it down, but it's always better with three people. So we so appreciate it, man. I do want to ask before we start moving on, how are you feeling about the NFT market and the, the overall crypto market? Oh man. The five minute chart or the five second chart? Hey, whatever chart <laughs> you're using, dog. <laughs> um, man, I mean I have a lot of thoughts, but um on Solana NFTs like just clear that there's optimism in the market again. And that's exciting. Like whether or not where we have net new participants, people are willing to like risk their capital. And um, that means that, you know, you can make money and that's cool. And it's, and, I, and it's cool to see like my friends projects selling out and doing well and shit. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Um, and we're going to definitely get into Toonies a bit later. And um, while I do, I went over volume uh, of Magic Eden right before you got on, and it's around 105K, and they pretty much recaptured the dominant market share. But there still feels like there's life in the market, and it's kind of like, even as I talked about this la on the last episode, it's like this lull in the bull. But uh, I think once we get a couple hype mints, such as the heist, which is coming up, I think we'll really see some more uh, liveness in the NFT market. And as we get closer to NFT New York, where projects will start announcing things and dropping teasers, I think we'll start running on that end. But let's start moving on into like uh, some major sales that really happened recently on uh, the one of one art side of things. And I'm glad you're here, Shay, because you're also a one of one art collector. Joe, I don't know if you hold any one of one pieces, dog. I don't even think that's your type of trading style, but I would love your opinion on these things. John Lay recently sold a piece for 1,500 sold. That's around 30K, uh, man. That, that's pretty impressive. Seeing these type of large purchases um on the one of one side for me is extremely extremely bullish one of the best utilities for nfts still in my opinion other than community is just art uh i i think one of the most long-term things where nft will have some of the most staying power is just curating fine art on blockchain and Having a piece sell for that high shows there's a lot of interest, not only in uh, the one of one space, but specifically John Lay. And this guy is pretty much setting himself, if he's not already, the one of the most premier artists on Solana. With all the uh, uh, talk of him potentially recent releasing a generative collection, we've already seen price action in GM go up. IOTA's been slowly creeping up. But yeah, man, th this is pretty, pretty crazy, in my opinion. What, what are your thoughts about this, Joe? Yeah, so I honestly come to you and Shake for any type of one of what advice. The only thing I do hold is some John Lee, uh, John Lee pieces, and um, you know some J Shep stuff. But yeah, I'm not a big. So I'm actually excited to hear what Shake's got to say and what what you think here, Dor. I don't have yeah, much skin in the game here. You know my my. No, no, I'm I understand, like man. I'm five minutes to ten minutes, maybe <laughs> a day at the most. I'm in and out of everything. You know, Soul Sniper had my average trading length as um, for my wallets as a five day hold. And you got to remember, I had my, I have had my D God for almost, you know, a year plus. So that probably, I probably don't hold it longer than two days. So yeah, I'm excited to hear what you guys are here, saying here. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, Joe. And it, it fits along your trading style. Like you kept buying one of ones that are hyper illiquid. Uh, it just would make uh, much sense for what your uh, best skill set is. And that's just like short, short term trading dog. You're, you're top tier in your field at that. But Shake, I want to pass it over to you, man. What, what do you think about this recent John Lay sale? It's sick, dude. Is, is there a place we can, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm stoked about it. Is there, is there a place that you can look at the volume of 
exchange art. I guess on Hello Moon. Uh, you can look at that on uh, TXO as well. I'll, I'll drop you the link. TXO. I didn't see net, dude. Yeah, like, like for me, trading NFTs, I'm I'm uh, I'm a lot less like metric driven, I guess, or. A lot of times mm -hmm. I just do it completely by like feel and shit that I see on Twitter. Like I look at the charts, but I'm just kind of curious because I mean, that was probably a good chunk of the daily volume on exchange art when he yeah. did that sale. But mm -hmm. I'm curious if like, if there's any kind of trend that we can see on, um, on like a monthly basis, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree with you. And I, I, that's one of the reasons we vibe so well on trading because you are a technical trader on the coin side. But when it comes to NFTs, you and I mostly align to where it's, I don't pay much attention to the charts. I just check social sentiment. And there's been a clear one of one narrative and uh, one, not one of one, but a one of one artist narrative going on. I think that's one of the things why we saw Bonk Z kind of propel itself uh, to what 20 sold that it did. That's why people were hyped on the Clanosaur drops because of these working with one of one artists. And it's gr really great to see uh, one of what artists finally get more recognition within the space and not just be known for working on a generative collection. But where do you, do you see foresee this trend continuing where these sales are going to get higher and higher throughout the year? I think I think there's a solid trend of that. Uh, clearly with Sleeper, uh, I know you're probably one of the largest I hope, Sleeper. I hope we get the Sleeper 30K salesman. I think you'll get there, like, man. Mm -hmm. I, I, think, um, I think I know the guy who sold that, John Lay. I think it was Prim, I want to say. Primitive mm -hmm. Money. Do you know if that's true? Yeah, Google? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's only. I can it, double right? check it. Uh, let um, me pull up the tweet. He either sold it or bought it because in one of my chats, they were like, oh, congrats, Prim. I think he saw uh -huh. that. Um, but, but yeah, dude, I mean, I think you like this fine art stuff. I, um, it, it holds up better with like the token volatility um, mm -hmm. compared to the PFPs and stuff. Um, it's also like way more liquid. So like mm -hmm. the floor price, you don't have like undercutters on the floor and like one of one. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to yeah. it's hard to make a sale. Like I just had my sleeper listed mm -hmm. at like two twenty for a while, and like didn't get any bids. And then, you know, it could easily sit there for a month, right? Um, yep. Yep. It's really difficult, especially on Solana. It's even you know it's mm -hmm. even more liquid, obviously. But I do think like if you can have some patience and risk that like risk to not have the liquidity to exit, if you can take that mm -hmm. risk, then then they 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 hold up uh, better in like yes. the bear trends. So. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you, man. One art. I mean, like you said, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's been the trend of one of one art being able to uphold its value better than general things on the generative side. Uh, I I think one of the boogles, I think AK made a joke about uh, John Lape's piece being better than a stable coin in the bear. And then we mm -hmm. saw Adam Ape's Voxel Monkey. That only significantly increased in uh, value throughout the bear market. So these there's a clear trend of these one of one artists with a lot of web two connections and experiences, uh, one of one pieces maintaining and increasing value over time. Uh, I foresee this space being around for a while. So I just think picking up a one of one in addition for some of these premier artists on Solana is a low risk, high reward play. And if you have uh, the type of liquidity where you can purchase one of these additions or a one of one piece from the artist, to just let it sit there, I think it'll pay itself back over time. It'll just be a long-term play. I know when I first got back into Samurai, Cyber Samurai almost, what, a year and a half ago? Jesus, man, time flies. Shake was like buying sleeper pieces nonstop. But 
that was like over a year ago, but it paid off. Like, and I think it'll continue to pay. Sleeper is a, a well-known artist within the NFT sides. One of the only Solana artists that's listed on Super Rare um, and is a super experienced Web2 artist. So yeah, I'm definitely got my eyes out on that piece. And that's some alpha for you guys as well. <laughs> Probably like high value in alpha, but <laughs> it's still alpha nonetheless. Uh, but talking all this one of one talk kind of leads I, us in. Right. Go ahead, shake. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, if I could share my screen, because there's this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To... There's this little, uh, if you look next to the camera button, uh, there to the right of that, you can just press screen share, and it's there. Oh, there we go. I just couldn't see where yep. it said screen. Okay, so. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Like, so, sorry, bro. It took me a second to, is it sharing my screen? I can't fucking tell. I haven't used restream. Yep. Okay. Um, it took me a second to get my head, to get my head kind of uh, dialed here, but. Like, mm -hmm. like when, when I'm thinking about one of one art and just this, the NFT market, like I have to think about it in the context of the, the market as a whole. And I don't, I don't really like think I have an edge in predicting the, the macro like credit cycles and bull and bear markets in the stock market. But within crypto, I, I do like, um, like I, I know the market, the crypto market pretty well. I, I'd like to think mm -hmm. after t doing, you know, doing this shit two years for every day. Anyways, right now, like with Bitcoin, um, well, Bitcoin has its NFTs too, which you guys have probably talked about, but like Bitcoin just broke out of a nine month range. Like, and whether you believe in TA or not, like, I, I think it's important to understand that if you look at like the weekly chart, um, because it just, this is, Bitcoin is like, so I know it's fucking dumping right now or whatever, but let me uh, show you. Like, it's incredibly fucking bullish, bro. And I know Joe's been in the VC talking about this as well. Like, um, this is the biggest weekly rally on Bitcoin in like two years or something, uh, maybe a year and a half. I don't know. But yeah, Bitcoin break out of this nine month range that it had been in where FTX happened, all that bullshit happened, et cetera. Um, and you have what was the other thing I was going to say? You have the strongest narrative for Bitcoin ever, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And this is the thing I wanted to show you is like there's an infographic where you can look at the narratives. It's actually kind of humor because the narratives for Bitcoin or ETH like change all the time. Like people just make narratives mm -hmm. to fit the price. But, uh, you know, Bitcoin was like e-cash and then it was censorship resistant gold or payments network. It was uncorrelated financial asset. These are all over time. Um, the different narratives of Bitcoin. Let me see if I can open this image. And so anyways, fast forward to 2023 and you have these banks failing um, and it's literally like when Bitcoin was created, like in like the first block, Satoshi wrote uh, something about, uh, I forget what the quote is, but like, that's like the why Bitcoin was created. And then now it's happening again, um, whatever, uh, 12 years later. And so you have this yeah. really strong tailwind, narrative tailwind. You have the price fucking ripping, pumping. And then you had all this bearish news thrown at us. USDC uh, was depegging fucking Binance is getting a Wells notice, Coinbase is getting a Wells notice, blah, blah, blah. And the price keeps fucking pumping. It's like the most bullish mm -hmm, pump mm -hmm. I've ever fucking seen. It's so yeah. bullish. And, and like, um, I think a lot of people are discounting that. And so when I think about the art market and specifically, I want to sell my shit for ridiculous prices, right? And when does that happen? It happens in peak bull cycles, in like euphoric moments where guys just made a million dollars and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking buy this $100,000 piece of art. So I think everybody becomes an art locker. Really, like, yeah, dude. So my point being is like, I think it's, I don't mm -hmm. think it's a bull market right now or whatever. I mean, 
Um, but I think over the next year, like shit is, is going to start to get crazy. And like, that's how I'm positioning the market. So I feel good buying expensive art right now because I'm like, if I'm right on the particular artist and the piece, like, I think I'm going to be able to be liquid with this and take profit within like the next year or two. And I didn't feel like that when I was buying sleeper like six months ago, for example. Um, so Dude, th yeah, that was, that's my that was amazingly said shake. And I completely <laughs> agree with you, dog. Uh, did a little bit of different than that an analytical approach to it, but yeah, man, that your reasoning behind it and talking about the trends and how, uh, art is most liquid and of course at the top of a bull cycle and how all these negative things that could be perceived as negative is actually bullish for Bitcoin and the future of crypto. Yeah, man, dude, that, that was a great analysis. Joe, do you have anything to say on the recent price action of BTC and all, all the recent FUD that's been coming around about it? No, you know, I'm heavy TA. I've been watching regression bands from Shake said it beautifully put, by the way, brother, you're articulate, loved everything you said. And, um, yeah, from, you know, the micro low to uh, micro high. I mean, the, the initial low from the initial high of BTC, right? It's swing low to swing high. It's in, in, into in infancy. We run regression bands off of that. And 28,000 roughly is is a 1.618 regression band. It's a very highly traded area. Volume profile is heavy here. And I think we will see a disbelief rally to $32,000, right? As BTC accumulates the fear of the dollar and the macro situation. From that, you have BTC dominance roll back down to like 40%. What happens there? Your alts rip, right? We do not need to see a blow off top yet, but I do think we have a chance of a disbelief rally in the works here. And, uh, you know, alts will take time, but that the, 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 the path forward, right, is BTC rips, dominance rolls down to support, checks support as alts rip, as BTC starts to claim that alt hype back to BTC, NFTs coil in the sidetrack crab market, NFTs go, and then we see everything kind of fizzle back down. So I'm, that's what I'm kind of looking at for right now in the uh, micro, you know, next three to six months. Yo, that that's great, bro. Joe. I, like, yeah, it's been like to me this whole time has been this kind of disbelief rally, and then we had that flash crash, the USDC thing, and like that was a nice fucking dip to buy. And if I think people were scared to buy that dip, it ripped back up, and now they're waiting for a dip to twenty five k. And I and I like honestly don't think they're gonna get it. I think I agree completely with Joe. Like, because like when you think about what does a disbelief rally means, it means that there's people who want to buy crypto. The price starts going without them. Some people are buying it, right? You run out of sellers and there's buyer, more buyers and sellers. The price starts going up. More people want to buy it and they're waiting, waiting. Oh shit, the price keeps fucking going up. I don't have, I don't have the Bitcoin I wanted to buy. And they're going to have to buy, you know, these people keep having to buy at higher prices, which is what fucking pushes it up. So that's kind of like what I was saying about the Solana NFT market. You don't have new participants, but you don't necessarily need new participants to make the price go up. Like, in a quote unquote bull run, that's how I define yeah. a bull run is like the new participants, the euphoria, mm -hmm. but you don't need that to make money. You just need yeah. volatility. And like, that's what we're getting. Well, Shake, and, and I guess this leads us into perfectly into our next topic about not needing new participants to make money and also a blend with, NT, uh, with BTC is Catalina Wells auction of Nakamoto Wells. Um, honestly, this one kind of shook i was in disbelief i don't fake catalina wells and i'll get into this a bit later but i didn't expect for a the well to nakamoto well to sell for one btc uh i maybe that it's uh the nakamoto it well the yes man i it didn't sold know that, for man. one bitcoin Holy yeah shit. dog that's 
that's pretty crazy, man. It's pretty impressive. And shout out to the Catalina Well team over there. Uh, I know So Big Brain came in with a bid for like half a BTC. So that's pretty awesome. And also the Well Chew Nakamoto Well is inscribed on a rare uh, Satoshi. Uh, so that might have helped his value as well. Um, also, the Catalina Wells um, floor price is up. I think last time I checked is around 38 to 40. And maybe that had to do with the promotion because if you purchased five wells and floated them or staked them, you were eligible to get one free Nakamoto well. And if you purchased two wells and floated them, you had an opportunity to win one. So I'm really curious about how this price action is going to work uh, on the Catalina well side post their snapshot or whatnot, but also what do they have coming? Because one of the things that Catalina Wells, in my opinion, uh, had issues with is showing what value, why do you need to hold this NFT? I know they had a huge announcement with Def Jam and so Big Brain changing his uh, profile pick to be more supportive of Catalina Wells might've been some cause to that as, uh, also. But uh, regardless, this well shoe selling for one Bitcoin is pretty impressive. Like, Joe, what do you think about this sale, man? Yeah, and you know, it just shows that there is a, you know, there's a want for it from a psychological, psych, psychological standpoint, right? There's a want for this product. And I think ordinals, especially for a lot of people that are BTC maxis, they start to change their thought from flipping alts for BTC and flipping ordinals for BTC. And I, I think we're starting to see that happen, right? Like, I, I just truly think that once there's a good marketplace, an easy wallet, which we're already getting so quickly, I think about every other ecosystem that's taken off, it's taking a long time to get an interface, a usability accessible to the public, right? So for the ordinals, like they're already building those things out. And I can see people going from, you know, ETH slash BTC trading to ordinal trading because they don't have to leave their precious asset, right? It's always BTC to them. It's always a Satoshi. So I don't know. That's my two cents. I think there is a market for it. I think that, you know, like we said before, I don't think inscriptions over a certain amount are going to be much other than the shit we see go to go down, depreciate by 99% like any other NFT project. But I do think there will be some like Catalinas, the D-Gods, the Yugas, the, and then the under 25,000 inscriptions. I think there will be a market for those. And there will be a market for like mint and print season as well as this goes on. So as, you, as you're seeing it, right? So yeah, man. No, that was well said, Joe. And I, I agree with you, dog. Shake, what's your opinion on this, man? Man, I, I tweeted about it like, because um, honestly, I'm jealous of them as a project founder because I'm like, that's... Uh, and I have respect for them that they yeah, they were same. able to, to sell for that high. That's sick. Because um, mm -hmm. I was clowning on them. I was honestly clowning on them for. I think I think we both kind of were. I was very publicly yeah. clowning on them from the Cyber Samurai account, but not <laughs> not them personally, but just that, mm -hmm. like because it seemed like I think the day I did it, someone had done the ordinals. It was like I saw Bubble Goose and Monkey Dow yes. doing it, and I was like, bro, yep. like this is getting this is getting old. But yeah. it's sick for them, dude. And I love what Joe just said. It's so simple, dude. That that. Bitcoin people like Bitcoin maxis have a way to speculate and flip within Bitcoin. Like, like that's all the crypto is, you know, and they've never had that besides trading like perpetuals and like derivatives and shit, which I don't think that many of them do. This is fucking on chain and it has pictures and communities. Like we all know how fun NFTs are. So I think um, ordinals are pretty sick and congrats to yeah. Kelly and Wales. That's, that's dope. Yeah. Did, did they just, I want to ask you a question, George. Did they just sell yep. one for that much? And then they're doing a, yes. a, a public mint for the rest? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure on the rest of the details. The well chew was up for 
uh, auction. There was another, there were two other ones. One I think was give the, a black one was given away randomly to a person who uh, um, was, one was randomly given away to a person who auctioned uh, on, put an auction in on that piece. And I think the other one who uh, got it was uh, just an individual who floated a whale or whatnot. But I'm not too sure on that. Um, I did want to talk about, though, because as you did, you mentioned, Jake, you did make a good point of a whole bunch of people or projects such as Bubble Goose and SMB, which is not connected to Monkey Dow, so don't confuse them, <laughs> releasing an ordinals project. But we didn't, I don't think SMB did that too well, neither did Bubble Goose. So what do you think the factor is for success to, uh, of projects to be able to, you know, have successful auctions and raise a whole bunch of money from these auctions and other projects that, you know, try to release ordinals on there but fail miserably? That's a good question, bro. I don't even know what whales did, like, to market yeah. it, do you know? No, I mean, I don't, like, I don't think they did anything over the time. Yeah, I don't think I know, right? I don't think they did anything over the top. But one of my theories is that uh, your community, you have a lot of high, uh, a lot of members in your community with a pretty deep liquidity, man. Uh, we see that with the D gods community uh, in their ability to raise five mil from their D gods, because I don't think I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like these auctions are going to new liquidity or individuals who, who have never been in NFTs before. They're usually from people within the community. Do you guys know if that's right or not? Joe might know better than me. I, I, I don't know, dude. I'm so out of touch with the ordinal stuff. No, I don't know much about ordinals either. I just kind of know okay. like the paradigm of, of it and what, no, not even the paradigm of it. What I would like to see to, to get my, get myself trading within that market would, would to be an adoption by the base level maxi to kind of switch that paradigm into, into trading. So I'm not, yeah, other than that, I'm not too sure. Like the tech itself even kind of is wild to me. Like, um, you know, like you're inscribing into a Satoshi. Like, so how, like, what's the security base off that? Like, how easy is it to send a Satoshi out that's inscribed? Like, you know, like, it, yeah. is that a weird question to ask? Like, because I'm such a noob when it comes to it. Like, yeah, man, they're, um, I guess they're, I'm not, I think wallets are being created, if not already created, to send out individual sats. Because right now, most wallets read all sats as a sat, regardless of inscription. So you could send your sat that's worth 400k to coinbase because it has an inscription on it and you'll be like oh crap i lost that but i want to continue this conversation but we also have another guest js welcome to the show man glad you made time to come by thank you for having me guys how are we doing hey man every day is a holiday dog and i Let's guess you go. jumped in this as at Love a perfect JS. time because we're like talking about one-of-one -one collections and one-of-one -one collectors and ordinals which is really in my opinion, focused on uh, high-valued art and really trying to separate, you know, make unique one-of-ones within your collection. So what do you think about this most recent uh, Nakamoto sale, JS? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy. I, 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 got, I heard you guys talking about how this is kind of old liquidity or people who already have kind of uh, invested in a similar project and then just kind of doubling down. Um, and I think that's going to kind of stay for, for a while until the bull. I think... It's just a different type of exposure. Um, like if you just look at ordinals, what the value prop is, is that it's stored on chain. That, that's where the entirety of the value prop is. So um, 
whether you can do that on different chains or not is I think how this kind of play evolves. Uh, I know one collection on Soul, one one of our collection on Soul doing that called Block Rons. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with those, but um, they're it's it's stored on chain and the art is very simple pixel art. But you know they're selling for 100, 150 Soul depending on the art, just because it is stored on chain. And I like that a lot. I, I think there's some kind of cultural significance to having the art stored on chain versus on Arweave or some other third-party uh, storage system. And I'm actually not too familiar on the ETH side if they're doing anything like that, but um, I think this is a trend that's going to kind of continue. No, I, I completely agree, man. And I, I always harp on this all the time, but I think Ordinals will see its most success in one of one are super niche boutique collections because the fact of it's actually immutable. So when you start to see your Adam Apes uh, eventually and I, your scums, I know JS is rocking a scum PFP if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, start releasing art over there. I really think that's when um, uh, it'll gain a lot of its value. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I do want to keep this show moving. I want to talk about the recent, it just, just seems like the show's focused on one of one art, but Toonies released yesterday and Toonies is actually led by Time Thief, awesome dude, and No Legs, who's a one of one artist as well. Uh, the mint was a little slow. I didn't know if it was going to mint out. I picked up a couple, a minute out a couple just to support No Legs. And then all of a sudden, a couple hours later, boom, sell out. And I think it's, up like 5.5 right now so yeah oh go ahead no yeah i was gonna ask uh, i was gonna pass it over to joe first joe did you trade toonies at all what do you what are your thoughts about the mint process yeah man so yeah openly uh traded toonies uh for me it's it's legit a collectible for me like i'm not even like looking to trade i'm actually looking to get all five hopefully and then cool maybe a mythic one just to hook up in my studio just because i like digital stuff so from a trader aspect, though, knowing that I am, you know, that's a, that's a mindset to have that can be compounded on other people. So knowing that deflationary mechanism comes in, it's already at a 3000 supply, right? Four and a half soul in this market, you know, play it on Tensor, get a bid filled even below. Um, there's a lot of plays, a lot of value props to be had with this collection itself, along with like the one of one Dow drops and stuff you'll get if you hold one of these mythics afterwards. Right. And and it's they're not a one trick pony. There is more to what they're uh, giving out as well. So I just think that this is like a cool little niche project that we haven't seen. They're not cash grabbing. They're coming with a legit product. They're allowing you to trade it. You know, I think the reveal process is where I'm excited to see, right? Do they go YouTube reveal theory where people, you know, can reveal on their own and as rares get bought up or don't get bought up and revealed, you know, there's a better chance of getting it and you drive the price up or is it like an instant reveal for everybody? The volume goes crazy. Go find your, your, your tuning that you want. So yeah, man, I'm excited to burn mine obviously, but to watch the trade um, traders kind of come out to play here. Well said, Joe. What, what about you, uh, Shake? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I like Joe's take. It. Like you can see it. I don't know if you could tell in the video, but I have like a little uh, uh, Wasi Pepe thing because they this other NFT on ETH did uh, collect uh, toys, and I and I love uh, that shit in my office. Um, but I also add like the um, the Time Thief one. You know, one of the two artists who worked on it is like he's a young dude. I think he's. Well, I don't want to say, but he's he's like um, to me, he's young. I don't know. I'm 28. And but he's like so fucking hardworking. He's he's done a lot of um, commission stuff for Cyber Samurai. Like he made some like VR filters and stuff. And he's like so just one of the most like consistent, reliable 
dudes I've worked with, um, like freelancer guys I've worked with. And so uh, I really just respect his drive. And I actually, I bought his first ever art piece that he minted, like his first ever NFT he ever sold, I bought it. And so I've known him since he literally got into NFTs and like, I've just seen the way he works. Like this guy's like, like a beast, bro. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount him. Um, and then the other thing I'll add too, is I think like if their art is done, I'm, I'm honestly a little nervous to see the reveal because it could go really wrong. It could go really right. But if it's done really right, I think these run to like 10 plus um, because it's one of those things okay. where like people start posting them and then mm -hmm. it's low supply and people will FOMO in the market has some froth to it right now. Like I said, there's, mm -hmm. you know, more liquidity flowing around. So I'm not calling it for it to go to 10. I'm just saying if the reveal's done right, this is some shit where I already have a bunch, but if the reveal's done right and I'm at my computer, I'll fucking sweep this shit because I think it has that like viral loop because the art's so unique. Mm -hmm. But if well, it's done like, wrong, for, man, then it could be bad. Like I said, high risk, high risk. Go to zero. <laughs> so uh, for me, it was a bit worrying because this is how mint season is. Everything's good until it's not. And it only takes that one project to not mint out before every other project subsequently gets a little bit apprehensive about minting and everybody else in the market on the trading side is like, oh man, I'm kind of scared. So JS, do you think that this slow mint might have uh, reverberate to subsequent mints that are coming? I know uh, Sol, uh, uh, not Solzy, uh, but um, Heist is coming soon. Do you think it might affect that or any other mints that are coming out? Well, I think there's always a few mints that no matter what the market conditions are, they'll mint out. And I look at like Klano as one of those. I look at Heist as one of those. I think those guys are going to do fantastic no matter what's happening. I don't care if you know FTX happens again. I think those guys are minting out. There's just too much hype around it. Um, but then you have kind of middle tier projects that actually I don't even know that many that are launching. We kind of hear about these a week or two before they launch. And those are the types of projects I think it affects. Um, so I think the Tunis is a bit different because... First of all, super small supply compared to what we're, what we're normally used to, you know, 3,000. And then you also have a ton of people from the one of one art scene that are buying and holding. You know, people are buying to burn. And I think when you have that deflationary mechanism, you definitely have some type of stable floor. And um, people are willing to hold on to one of one art pieces for a lot longer. Now, there definitely are traders. You know, I bought a bunch of these. I plan on burning a few. I plan on, I plan on selling a few. Um, so I, I think when that balance comes in, you kind of get this really unique price action. And like Shake said, you know, depending on how reveal is done, these could easily, you know, just catapult to 10. But to be honest, I don't think the downside is that much. Yeah, they could go slightly under mint, but I don't think they go that much below mint because there's just too many people invested and too many people that will support the floor. Yeah, that, that's well said, JS. I, it yeah, go me ahead, Critters Cult. I feel like I always yeah, look at point. Critters Cult case study where they had... It was kind of slept on in the whole like flipper, like, I don't know, like the majority of the market, I think was kind of sleeping on Critters Cult. And then it's kind of like the disbelief rally, bro. Honestly, that we're talking about Bitcoin. It's similar, like how the market structure is in these situations where mm -hmm. you have people who didn't hear about it, just FOMOing in and then people thinking it would have dipped lower who want to buy higher. But that's a really good point about the holder base being, uh, you know, skewed towards like art collectors. Cause I do think that makes yes. a big difference. Cause dude, like Solana is fucking annoying. Solana is brutal, bro. Because you have so many people looking to flip for literally 0.2. Like we joke about it, but that is literally how the market works. So yep. if that changes, you know, on a low supply, I think that's a really good point, Jess. I'm going to buy some more now that you said that, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I have, I was, uh, I, Joe and I are in a group chat and I told them yesterday that I have like 20 of these and if they stay around men for longer, I'm totally buying more. And I just w was not uh, brave enough to pull the trigger this morning. 
but you know if if we see a dip on reveal um you know i'm definitely buying some more and i think uh when we're talking about trading i know a lot of us here are farming tensor points i think it's very important to kind of separate what supply you want to market make with and then what supply you're purely planning on flipping and then what supply you're purely planning on holding and when you kind of separate these three different baskets then you're just trading in a lot more organized fashion because i know when i first started on tensor and just kind of you know moving around and, and just figuring some stuff out i was very confused as to you know which nfts i wanted to hold which i put in my pool you know and i think uh this is another example of just so many different ways you can trade the same project mm, great point js there's there's multiple ways to make to make money especially with the aggregators and marketplaces that we have now and if you if you have like actual conviction in a play like js said you can compound a you know, market making bag into basically free NFTs for yourself, right? That you can just chill on. So yeah, as you make your, yourself, you know, you kind of just clearing that out. That's a great point, JS. Yeah, dude, JS. Yeah, I, thanks for uh, articulating that so well. And I do appreciate it. I'm going to just piggyback off of what Shake said regarding just the different type of holder base that this collection has. If you're in one one space, you don't, uh, you're holding pieces for a very long time. And because the one of one space, I think is very tight, uh, tight knit. It's most one of one artists know each other. And most people within the one of one community know each other as well. So if everybody's sweeping this one project, they are intent on this whole, uh, they're content with holding it for the long run. So well said JS. I do. Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, yeah, the dog. No problem, man. Um, but we're starting to get a little closer to the end, and this portion usually takes a bit longer than others. But I do want to jump into the alpha section. Uh, what are you looking at, uh, Shake? Are you looking at picking up anything, trading anything, short term, mid term, long term? I feel like I have no alpha. Um, I've been so focused on coins. Um, coins are alpha? I don't have good alpha. I mean, like, I think. I'm bullish on Arbitrum. Like I'll just talk my bag on Arbitrum. I think Arbitrum is gonna follow the, uh, like I think it's gonna have this like disbelief, like insane pump um, after, cause I, it, it looks like a lot of the tokens have been distributed from the initial airdrop uh, recipients. And I've been looking at Nansen a lot to try to kind of like find confluence. And there's like, I, I think on-chain analysis can be kind of a meme, um, but there's wallets that are extremely profitable on like Arbitrum and Ethereum DeFi are buying a shit ton of ARB the past two weeks. Like they haven't been selling it. And so maybe they'll be wrong, but um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking diamond handing this ARB and I bought a bunch more around 120. So yeah. that's what I'm Yeah, if for anybody who follows Shake on Twitter, you know that he's been ARBing all day. So <laughs> yeah. I know you're deep in that uh, ecosystem. Arby's. On the... On the uh, coin or NFT side, are you looking at anything, Joe? Uh, coin coin size, yeah. I've been I've been stacking ETH for a minute now. I think uh, when we had the dip back for Son around eight dollars, I was actually going harder into Ethereum, and then around like fourteen hundred bucks, I went in pretty hard too. I'm not looking like to be honest with you. I did have a, a pretty good soul spot bag, but I 
I actually dumped most of it into NFTs. So all my soul exposure now is in NFTs. My coin exposure, I have some BTC and ETH. I don't really have anything else and I'm waiting to play kind of like I explained that alt run that I think is going to happen with BTC once we get the dominance resistance roll over to 40%. We'll see those alts take off. I'll play some moves there. Long term wise, no, not playing any any real spot bags other than ETH and BTC to be honest right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are you looking at trading any uh, NFTs recently or picking anything up? Yeah, NFT wise, man. So, yeah, you know, like I have, you know, my Clano bag. Um, I obviously, Toonies. I think sharks are severely undervalued here. I think, um, you know, 13 to 15 soul sharks. I see the same wallets buying and buying and buying. And and I see market makers, you know, scaring people back into that range. So that kind of is just a no-brainer for me. Lily and Lotus have some room up to that uh, snapshot, but you guys know how Solana is. So, you know, take that in for consideration for sure. Wolf Capital, man, is double bottom, like hardcore on just as a TA aspect. I know Jay Shep's got some shit in the pipeline ready to pivot and some cool stuff for NFT NYC. So, you know, um, Cyber Sam, I saw Shake put out, you know, a tweet the other day, basically don't sleep on us. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely not sleeping on y'all. 100. That's, a, that's another product. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's another project I, I just love. And dude, I think deflationary mechanisms that you can buy into at a, at a decent price for a hyped project is, is a no-brainer i mean i'm biased my biggest bag is clanos but like come on clay right they're clanosaurs anything that could be made would be out of clay correct and those things are deflationary right not saying that there'll never be new ones that could be added in or found in a way but the initial bulk supply is going to take a hit right and what does that do when demand increases in any market that asset will go up in value and, and supply down, demand up. It's taught one of one uh, economics. It's not hard to see. It's just people don't have that delayed gratification to play, right? The, mm-hmm. the play rips off and you get instant liquidity for your clay. You go sell it $2 a pop, $2 a pop, $2 a pop, mm-hmm. and you're out. Then you're buying back in. Then you're out. I know I watch wallets all day. I see what people do in the psycho- psychological events that happen when, when we see these things ripping. Like you saw ABC's rip, and then you saw uh, um, Catalina Whale's rip, and then people FOMO out of these like deflationary plays. So, yeah, dude. Set set buy limit orders right at certain levels, and and set yourself up from positions of strength. Right, if it doesn't hit, then you then you have your invalidation point. It didn't hit, it's good to go. If you're in that trade, you you didn't FOMO. You set yourself up a nice set limit, and it hit that, and now you have your exits and entries ready to go. Yo, Joe, I know it's like every episode of Rare Fight, we can't have one without mentioning Clanosaurus, but I completely agree with you, dog. Like. In- deflationary like don't get me wrong primary clanosaurus collections going to break 100 i'm pretty confident on that but i do think people are sleeping on a lot of opportunities with clay with clay makers with croissants with tacos all these other aspects of the ecosystem are deflationary the only reason that i i think they're significantly undervalued right now or i mean you can even argue that they're fairly valued because there's no utility but because of that as soon as that announcement's made where you're going to be able to take your croissant and turn it into a rare armor, are you going to finally be able to use that clay to make classes? What do you think is going to happen? This floor price of what clay or whatever that asset is, is going to skyrocket. Right now, there's probably a ton of people like myself, like Joe, Shake, Bison, or any other person who knows this market out there is just accumulating clay because it's unfortunate, but 
there's a limited time horizon of a lot of participants in this market. That's why making these momentum and narrative plays are, are easier sometimes because people don't have the patience just to wait for a catalyst that they know is coming. We see this time and time again. And I think dust is a great example of this. Uh, Pre-Utesment, um, pre Frank said for about three, four months that dust was going to be used to mint Utes. And then dust was around a dollar at that time. I wonder what the play was. It was like clear as day, but the fact that the market is like, oh man, I can do other stuff in that time. And uh, they just don't recognize the, the, the clearest play and they rather go for something, I guess, more immediate and more speculative than something that might take a little bit longer and more guaranteed. But JS, do you have anything to say about Clanosaurs? Are you looking at anything else on the market or picking anything up? Yeah, for sure. So I think, I think one major catalyst that people are talking about but not accounting for is that there are going to be a portion of D-Gods who are going to sell leading into the bridge who want to use that capital somewhere else in the ecosystem. And then I look at those projects and I say, okay, look, you have Foxes, you have Clanosaurs, you have Teo, you have you know a couple of big ones, whatever they may be. And I think we see kind of a universal 10% rise on all NFT floors because you know when you sell a D-God for 700 soul and you just have a shit ton of soul to spend somewhere else, you know it's got to go somewhere. Um, and I think people, fortunately, in this market, despite soul ranging and while BTC is pumping, whatever soul exposure they have, they're kind of willing to put into NFTs because when when uh, soul ranges, you know, that's the best time to be trading NFTs. So first of all, I think we see a 10% universal rise. Second, I think people are uh, front running us on the toonies there at 6.2 already. Yeah, um, you, you'll get front row run a lot on this show. So sorry, JS. Yeah, yeah um, people yeah. people sweep. Sorry, yeah. we should let you know. <laughs> but you know what, JS? That's funny, that's, bro. I, I made that yeah, point too, brother. Sorry. Dude, yeah, we you, get front run all the time, dog. We get front run all the time. And, yo, it's funny, though, JS, you say that, bro, because I was thinking the same thing. I was, I think I even said something about the, that same type of liquidity cycle for that happened with Utes, right? You just saw it. it. Solana price was going up in value, and so was our blue chip NFT floor prices that never happens that's usually inverse right it only happens when there's a special liquidity event that people go oh i got a bunch of soul i don't want to sell it into usd or another convert it or wormhole it i'm putting it back into something that's going to appreciate for me which is trusted projects so my thing was like yeah dude D why wouldn't it happen again it just happened two days ago like you think it's not going to happen again it might not happen on the, the scale but it doesn't need to right because that profit margin is much higher so I'm in I'm in direct confluence with you, JS. I think that's yep. a great point that people are overlooking. And then secondly, I think just back to clays and clanosaurs, you know, um, I, I get the long-term narrative uh, and like the time horizon that you guys are talking about with clays. But for me, like, I think this is a good time. One of the few times to snipe rares on Solana because people are using armor for clays. And they want to—they don't want to do it on some just floor dinosaur, right? They want to. Mm -hmm. If this project has no utility, which seemingly it doesn't, which is fine, right? But they're very forward about that. Um, if you're doing it for like a aesthetic, then now you, now's the time to find like uh, new traits or skins that people aren't valuing as high, because mm -hmm. there are a lot of cool like colors that are on the floor that don't get as appreciated. But I think with when armor comes into play, suddenly we'll see a new trait kind of become popular. And I look at this kind of similar to Utes, where, you know, all the traits are very evenly distributed, but you have few that are just, you know, 2x the floor, 3x the floor. And I think something is going to be very similar with clays. I think 
I don't have any right now, uh, any of this trait, but I think some of the orange ones on the floor um, should get... Somebody's uh, about to front run you now, JS. Congrats. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying clays right now. I told Joe, you know, my number is 78. I'll put, a, I'll put in, like, you know, a couple of collection bids on Tensor. 78, that's my number. Um, until then, you know, I have my three that I'm just holding for now. And then we'll, we'll see kind of how the rest of the market lines up. And then... Um, you know, with heist coming seemingly in what two weeks, and then I know there's a couple of months at the end of April. I think we have some momentum to keep going forward. Someone has to take the volume. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, two points I do want to bring up. First, I was going to talk a little bit more Clinosaurus, and then I want to go into what collection do you guys will think takes the number one and two spot. Uh, but first, with regarding Clinosaurus, I think it's really genius about the armor. Uh, one of the most hype parts of any NFT is either minting or releasing new art for an existing collection. The armor upgrade, in my opinion, for Clanosaurs will act as that armor upgrade, which once that dynamic is introduced, people will begin to look for those uh, skins that are undervalued because they're like, oh man, this skin on its own might have not have looked good, but with armor, this thing is gonna slap. So I really think that's gonna be another catalyst. Uh, and that's one thing that Clanosaurs does well is they have meticulously planned out all these different catalysts that'll keep interest and keep people talking about their project. Now that leads into who you guys think will uh, take the number one spot and one and two spot after D gods leaves, in my opinion. <laughs> and yes, I do have a Clanosaur bag. Uh, so I just want to put that out there, but not only because I'm bullish on my bags, but I just think the team is doing everything properly, really setting themselves up to take that number one spot. What about you? Let's go to you first, JS. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's clays pretty, pretty handily. Um, you know, if you look at like DGOD's utility, it's always number go up and there's a kind of vibe and community that kind of drives the NFT value. And people seemingly always forget that like the number one utility for NFTs is number go up. And then number two is that it's basically all derived in social capital. And there is no community right now that has the social capital that clays do. It's just not even close. And this is how you get these kind of meteoric just nukes. And, and like, like you go, if, you're, if you remember the original Degod run-up, it went from 50 to 200 in like a day and a half. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're, I think we see something really similar. It's just about timing it. And I, I don't know when exactly that's going to be. And while I feel underexposed, it's also very important to kind of stay disciplined and not chase entries that in case the pullback is now, you don't want to keep yourself in a spot that you're uncomfortable holding. Is, yeah, is well said, man. already the number two project? Something like that. Okay. I mean, if we Probably. check. Where do you guys look? Go I'm looking at by... space, but I don't know if that's up to date or like correct. Um, would Tensor show it? I don't know if you can... This is the way I used to do it, but yeah, like, yeah, they're above ABC yeah. now. Yeah, so it's it's uh, yeah, Klanos. That's crazy. Man. Looking, if, if we want to say, let's look at a weekly standpoint because that's when the gods will be gone, and it's within a week, let's say, right, completely. So yeah, you I think they're Klanos, number one if you look yeah, at it. Yeah, Klanos would be right around that nine hundred thousand dollar market cap for seven days, and you got ABC at six sixty five. So, I'm not counting step in, right? So then, no, Klanos yeah. are number one starting yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Yes, they will be. And by a landslide. And I, yeah, I do right, think yeah. that will create that black hole liquidity event where people go, you know what? I don't want to trade for a dollar seventy-five flip. I, I want to just buy one of these Clanos and chill, like appreciate my value cost because they're number one now. And they are like, that's such a visual. People really need to see visual things, visceral things right there and now, right? And before, oh, is it going to be number one? It has no. Now you see it. It's on Magic Eden. It's on your favorite place. It says number one. This is the visceral thing you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right visual, here. Right? And the USD chart even, looks even crazier if you switch over to the USD value. If you go to Soul Sniper, like Soul Sniper. it's crazy. Um, so, like, and, and my thing is here, guys, they've rewarded uh, people that have gone to these events, right? You got to realize they're going to reward holders next. You, you see the two new species that they put out. There's so many ways that they're ready to reward and keep this weaponized speculation going. Like, they get it as well. Like, so yeah, go, go to the top and change that to uh, USD for me, Shake. Also, another thing while you guys are playing with the chart, I mean, New York is coming. And yeah. they have an event in New York just announced today, the, the 13th. Inverse H&S, baby, building. Sorry, Jay. Yeah, yeah, all good. And then oh, we yeah. always talk about it. It's like, what project can get ETH money into Seoul? And I mean, there's, I don't think there's any other product that holds like a candle at this point. No, like, agreed. It, it's, uh, yeah, I, not I, even I, close. Yeah. And... I mean, everyone's bullish on it for a reason. And you see people accumulating from Mint who haven't even sold because they, they think this is still like... Yeah, and people don't realize the MMO game theory behind it. Like, they don't even realize what it's going to be, right? Like, and I think they really need to go listen, listen to the Mark Colson po podcast because then you start to realize this isn't just a project I'm looking to get rich from. This is like, I might have, have a, uh, you know, a foot entry to step into the door into something that could be massive, right? A huge IP play here too. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's money to be made on the micro here, but there's also a chance to really like appreciate your soul value if that's what you want, or really get a step into something that could be massive. Yeah, dude, I, I, I agree with that, man. I think what projects typically do when they do airdrops is just to keep that attention going. But sometimes a lot of projects have done it wrong in the past where dropping these new, uh, airdrops confuses the audience and I think devalues the collection a lot. Uh, when I think Trip and A Tribe, not to hit on them a lot, but when they came out, you know, they went from like people were buying their mint tokens for like 80 soul. They went down to, I think they're sitting around eight to 10 soul right about now. Uh, they came out with several airdrops, but their airdrops didn't do anything to help the floor price. It, didn't just was useless but i think where clanosaurs is going right is that because everything is so meticulous and everybody knows there's a plan and everybody knows each how each one of these will tie into the overall greater ecosystem that's why they're so successful doing all these airdrops where other projects has failed i need to watch that um interview you're talking about joe i haven't seen that yet because i honestly don't I, I kind of get at a high level the mmo strategy um but i feel yeah. like i'm gonna watch that and then just fucking want to go well, all in again dude, you know, I, it made me go all in when i realized who the people actually were like what this yeah. guy's actually done like you know he's like actually been the top guy to check over things on game of thrones like all these big animation projects like i mean and then their their ceo is like a hedge fund guy that's been you know with I mean, just I can't even go over how many things they like dropped, and I was like, dude, I didn't even realize this about the team. Like, the team set up very well. They they they've been through their their web two trials and tribulations 
going out, getting money, bringing that money back in, producing things like, and just, they have a pipeline and it's like, they're using Solana obviously because of the transaction uh, fees, obviously they can drop what they want to do and expand how they want to expand on Solana. But that, I don't think this is going to handcuff them here. I, I think ETH money will come here if they haven't already to see like, all right, this is seamless. And then the MMO comes in last, right? Like that's, we're building the infrastructure and community. They did it. They did it smart, right? I don't think they planned on doing all this stuff intermediate. They had their macro macro lens and then they decided like, oh, we got to keep things speculative because that's just how it works on this chain. Like we, if we want to go get money, like, you know, any other, any other person would out there in, in, in the world that we have to give some, some people a reason to stick around and that they're doing it beautifully. Yeah, well said, man. Uh, I think a lot of, once again, don't want to bang up on Bubble Goose, but that's where other IP plays went wrong in the past. That's why I kind of initially faded uh, Clan Source because these IP plays had this grand vision, and I do think Carl can execute on it, but at the same time, you have to give something back to your holders. What, you just can't raise money and be like, yo, appreciate it, dog. Now y'all just going to chill till the show comes out, and you know, I don't even know if you'll get anything from that. So Clannosaurus is the only IP project, or at least one of the few, in my opinion, who's done a great job of balancing that Web 2 progression and expansion with ensuring that their Web 3 holders are taken care of. And then one thing, if we're going to talk about, like, you know, just products in general, we saw a while ago, like, the one of one art scene kind of got a big boost in PFP projects and um, pixelated PFP products to be specific. That's where you kind of saw hotheads go from, like, 80 to now like 400 um and i think we're going to see a lot more abstract and illustrative pieces hit the timeline you know uh fortunately you know i talked to a lot of these guys kind of behind the scenes and and see what's kind of been cooking up and i I think over the course of the next month um we'll see a lot you know in nyc there's a jt list curation which has all the huge artists you know you have john lee you have skunk you have high blinks you have nev who's a great photographer um And, you know, it's when you have these events, um, interest is just there because the people that are already involved, particularly when those people are smart or talented. And I I think we kind of see that compounding from that gallery event alone. Yeah, uh, I agree that I agree with that insight, JS, and I appreciate you freaking uh, chiming in on that. But guys, we're approaching the end of the show and uh, we're about to wrap up here. Does anybody have any final words that they want to say? Thank you to JS and Shake for coming out, guys. I really appreciate that, man. Everyone loved that. Two big, big dudes in the, in the Solana ecosystem. And I appreciate your, your insights, man, and hindsights out here, brothers. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having guys. Me. Shout out, shout out, Steve, aka Coach. That that dress, I forget how you say. Oh yeah, coach is a legend. Casanova, I see a bunch of people I know in here. Glad it's uh, it's made my day. If you guys are happy, so I appreciate it. Tunis are at six point (laughs) five. Of course, the rare fud pump. (laughs) Uh, But I appreciate uh, you coming on, Shake, especially last minute. JS, thanks for coming by too, man. We wanted to have you on with Soul Buckets, but I know you were busy, so better late than never. You guys, uh, I guess Bison will be happy to know that it took Shake and JS to replace him. So (laughs) a huge shout out to you both. Huge thank you to the audience as well. I say this every show, but we wouldn't be here without you guys. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us for our usually three ramble about some JPEGs. And even though you guys front run us all the time, we 
Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in to episode 64 of Rare Fud Radio, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.